episode of Scream Bros. Your favorite horror podcast hosted by Jamie Rigetti, the mother of direwolves, and I am joined here by my awesome co-host... Chico Leo in the haunted house. <laughs> in the dungeon. That's right, in the dungeon. <laughs> and so, yeah, this week we decided to tackle, um, talk about the ladies a little bit, but specifically the idea of coming of age. It's such a funny term, but, uh, but the idea of women coming of age in horror movies, um, which is also kind of tied to one of your picks of the week, Chico. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, a few weeks ago on, on Fambros, I uh, shouted out Ginger Snaps, which is... Uh, one of my favorite werewolf movies of the last, yeah. say, you know, 15, 20 years, um, there was this huge renaissance of werewolf movies in the early 80s. You know, Wolfen and American Werewolf in London and Howling all came out in the same year. And, um, you know, werewolves have never achieved the, you know, popularity of vampires and zombies. But like vampires and zombies, they do come out of, you know, the same sort of fairy tale mythology mm-hmm. and... Yeah, Ginger Snaps is is you know is a great great movie, and it did spawn two sequels, um, neither of which I have seen. Although they both feature Tatiana Maslany, who just won an Emmy a couple of weeks ago, um, not playing a werewolf. <laughs> Obviously tied to her work. And yes, Snaps. but um, you know she couldn't. She wouldn't have gotten because Ginger Snaps is actually a Canadian movie, and I'm pretty sure Orphan mm. Black is a Canadian show. Yes, um, it is. And so, yeah. well, production. Yes. Yeah. So, Ginger Snaps. Um, it uh, it's actually an older movie because it's from about two thousand, right? That's right. Yeah, but uh, it it centers around two sisters, and um, one of them gets bitten by a werewolf, and she starts transforming. But what's really interesting about Ginger Snaps, and this is a movie that was written by by a woman, um, is that it's very feminist. Number one. It kind of kicks off with a very Harold and Maude kind of um, like theme to it because the two sisters are kind of best friends. They're very different. They're kind of like social pariahs in their school, but they don't give a shit. You know, they're they're content with that. They don't want to fit in and they like what they're doing. One of their big things is they do this big school project where they um, they kind of show a slideshow of them in uh, committing suicide or getting killed in different ways. Yeah, they do these these death reenactments that, and they're really gory. Yeah, but they're awesome. Yeah. You know, like they're they're really really well done. And so they've got this great relationship, this great sense of humor. And so one of the big triggers in the movie is the two sisters. One is 16, one is 15, and Ginger, the older sister, finally gets her period. And this is, like, a big deal, and they have a really weird mom, and she, like, bakes a cake, and, you know, it's, like, kind of funny. Played by Mimi Rogers, actually, who, yes. yeah, you you know. You, what Ex-wife of, uh, what's his name? Tom Cruise? No? Yes, that's right. She she was, yeah, uh, yeah I believe she is actually First the wife. one who respond, who got him into Scientology. Yeah. So Ginger finally gets her period. And uh, the other weird thing is the movie really starts off, um, even before you see their pictures, you see like a local dog got mutilated. There's this uh, just creature on the loose in their town that's like eating dogs. And it's a very cookie cutter suburban, you know, yes, yes. it's Canadian, like but it could be anywhere in the United States or North America. You know, very cookie cutter town. So you wouldn't expect dogs getting mutilated, you know, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, like. There's mutilated animals all over the place. But this is very – it has such a um, 
uh, would you say like a Lynchian quality to it? Maybe he's not the right one. Yeah. But it's just because it's 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 like this dreamy suburb and then something so out of place and gory and awful. And and also nobody like blinks their eye at it. They're kind of just like, oh, the creature struck again. You know, like nobody cares. Right. So um, anyway, through the course of the film, um, the girls go out one night and they're trying to pull a prank on this girl. And, and the dog, I think they steal her dog and it runs off. Anyway, they... um. They're in the woods and uh, the, it is a werewolf and it is attracted to Ginger because she's just gotten her first period and it bites her and she starts transforming. But what's so clever is that it's really wrapped around not just the lunar cycle, but also the menstrual cycle, right. which is you know also cyclical and monthly. And I think one of my favorite lines or scenes in a movie of all time is, so she starts really exhibiting these changes. Like overnight, she suddenly becomes like this like vixen. And, you know, she's wearing these tight clothes and everybody's super attracted to her. And um, the one like dork that she had always kind of, well, he, I guess he was a cool kid that she would always brush off. Now she like is ready to go and lose her virginity to him. And there's a really great scene where her little sister calls after her in front of everyone and is like, but you're ovulating. <laughs> and it's just so funny to right. me. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't. And and when she does, she uh, she's the aggressor, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, she rolls him over and then she's on top. She pretty much, sec- I mean, she sexually assaults him. Yeah. And infects him. Yes. And that's the interesting too, thing too. So yeah. through sex, you know, and that was, there was just a recent movie. Was it It Follows? That, that, it Follows. Yeah. So good. And so, and that, that even sort of fits in with this theme as well. Yeah. But I think absolutely. going back, way, way back, you know, back before, you know, there was a period in human history where people didn't even know how people got pregnant. Like people didn't even know that sex you know, that the act of sex was what actually got people pregnant. And I, I do think that the menstrual cycle, the the woman, you know, the which which always sort of, um, you know, has signaled a girl becoming a woman has always had a very sort of mystical, magical feeling in, in stories and fairy tales and um you know, and and this, it's in this, and and of course the the other movie that we're going to talk about, and in 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 other movies, in other horror movies as well. Um, it's not just the um, <coughs> the act of becoming a woman. There's something quite 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 literally almost almost magical, like you like like you get superpowers from from your menses. Um, right. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that women's bodies kind of become supernatural. Yes. Yes. And this happens literally here because she gets her period and then she gets attacked by a werewolf the next night and she starts turning into a werewolf. You know, she starts getting body hair. She starts growing a tail. I mean, there's scenes where her sister is desperately trying to, you know, tape the tape her tail to her leg, you know, that's that's growing. And the tail looks like a penis coming out of down her leg. And it's it's, sort of, it's there's a lot in there that's sort of really yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out. So Catherine Isabel plays the sister who is – she's Ginger. She's the one who gets bit by the werewolf. And Catherine Isabel has actually been in a ton of horror movies. You could say that she, in many ways she is a modern scream queen. Um, she was in Freddy vs. Jason. She was in Insomnia, which, uh, the remake with Robin Williams and Al Pacino. That it, That is definitely a psychological horror movie. I mean, it's more of a thriller. She's been – if you look at her IMD 
IMDb page. I mean, she's been in like a dozen horror movies, and this was really, you know, one one of the first ones. Um, and uh, you know, the performances are are really great. I mean, it's um, you know, it's come it's it, it's a great coming of age movie, not even having to do with you know werewolves and menstruation. Yeah, and it's also just such a great. You know, it was written by uh, Karen Walton, and it's it's just such a good story about sisters as well. Yes. And this, like, you know, and that bond that, you know, this this transformation kind of threatens, but in the end, it actually doesn't break. And I guess, spoilers, if you haven't watched it, although it's, it is an older movie, it's on Hulu, go watch it and pause here if you have not seen it. But in the end, you know, the younger sister, I think it's B is her name, right? Yes. Is that... Um, you know, B kind of sacrifices herself and also then becomes a werewolf for her sister because she doesn't want her sister to be alone right. and she doesn't want her sister to go through these things on her own. And so I think that's also what's so ki- so nice about it is and, – and you can argue that that is also a metaphor for this idea that, you know, she then becomes a woman and kind of joins her sister in that, you know, that, that uh, transition to womanhood or whatever you want to call it. But it's interesting. I mean, the the werewolf aspect really is a literal metaphor for puberty in the sense that the horror of your body changing, you know, the horror that uh, your your body almost becoming monstrous to you because you don't recognize it anymore. And, and literally what that means for, for girls, I mean, where you suddenly become sexualized like overnight and you have all these changes and this idea of turning into something, like I said, completely unrecognizable and having to upkeep with these new beauty standards where you know when she's shaving her legs i mean granted nobody gets hair like that but right. oh no no it's clearly a metaphor like when she's shaving her legs when she's shaving her werewolf hair off her legs it's clearly uh you know that's something that you know little girls don't need to cha- shave their legs that's right. something that happens right. in, in 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 teen you know when when you get in your teens and maybe one day, you know, women won't feel like they need to shave their legs. Right, right. But this idea that suddenly there are beauty standards you have to, you know, that, that you've never even known about before, per se, that you now have to subscribe to. And, the, you know, it's definitely a lot more of a realistic portrayal of all that than, say, Teen Wolf, you know, because there are actually some really great sports te- sports scenes. They are playing, um, I guess there's a lot of scenes of the girls playing field hockey, and there are scenes of the boys in the neighborhood playing, you know, street hockey. And there's a couple of really, you know, sort of great scenes when they're playing field hockey, both before and after, um, you know, before they get bit by the werewolves, they're sort of on the side. They're they're not really getting involved. They're actually at one point they're smoking cigarettes while they're uh, you know they're sneaking a cigarette back and forth. Um, but then after she gets bit by the werewolf, you know she's definitely you know she's in there. She's she's making moves and 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 uh, when she sees one of the you know one the you know her sort of enemy, the popular girl, kind of body check her her sister. She definitely right. goes for her and is you know ruthlessly sort of beating the right, shit out right. of her. Um, yeah, and. Uh, you know, I the teen stuff in there, it actually works really well as a teen movie, you know, like, you know, where, you, you know, you have the outsiders um, and you have the popular people and then you have the sort of stoner characters who actually, you know, are the most helpful. The guy, the weed dealer 
is the guy who actually gets them like the wolfsbane and the, and the uh you know the the various herbs that they try and use to stop the the like lycanthropy and he does technically they do succeed because b saves the kid that ginger infected she's just not able to in the end save her sister right um and then of course then she transitions then but um but technically he found a cure right and I like that it's the guy who grows weed in 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 a shed somewhere is in fact uh, is in fact the one. So yeah, you know, I, I was genuinely surprised. I've seen Ginger Snaps a few times over the years, and I was genuinely surprised when I went back and looked at it that it was actually from when it was. I mean, that it was two, it was from two thousand, and actually, I think they shot it in nineteen ninety nine, and they did have some issues with like there's you know with the school violence and the the kids being violent. Mm. Because it was made against the backdrop of Columbine and then there was a Columbine-like shooting in Canada and because, you know, in Canada they're a little more civilized than here, they actually make movies like Ginger Snaps with state funding as opposed right, to here. Right. You know, it's a little bit more of a European model and so there was actually – people were a little up in arms about the fact that they were making this movie against that backdrop Um but it doesn't feel like it's aged. It does not feel like a movie that's fifteen years old, like I was cinematically or content. That it's that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also on Amazon, by the way, just for people who want to stream. Oh, it. If you don't have cool. Hulu? I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. It's definitely on Hulu, and that's where I watched it. But um, I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Well, so. It brings up this idea of, um, so your first period, and I think they even refer to it in there as the curse. And so getting your period is the curse. And that kind of ties back to the curse of Eve. And so this idea that because Eve, you know, in Judeo-Christian mythology, because Eve tempted Adam and, you know, fell to, it wasn't really Satan, but I guess, you know, the serpent's temptation and bad you know got them banished from the garden of, of eden that you know pain in childbirth and you get your period get, you get the curse right. and so what's interesting is this really is a theme that kind of pops up in a lot of horror movies and not just in ginger snaps but there's also well the very obvious one is carrie um with that really infamous scene in the beginning of carrie where she's in the shower and you know plug it up carrie right. and they're throwing tampons at her and and she doesn't even know what it is is that right like in carrie she doesn't even right. know what's happening to her that's what's crazy so about like she it. is actually yes. undergoing a strange transformation i mean nowadays you know carrie's raised by this super super fanatically religious mother nowadays obviously girls know when you know when when you know what's going on when they get their period and i i myself i have no idea how traumatic it is our culture does treat it sort of as a you know a coming of age thing like now you're a woman well so that's that's the thing in carrie is that she really does flip out because she thinks she's dying right. and um and then of course what you know and again this idea of women's bodies becoming supernatural so carrie's telekinesis kicks in with this as well and there is this kind of thing even if you um if you read about a lot of poltergeist hauntings um so think things like the conjuring 2 like this idea of hauntings um a lot of times they talk about these things being triggered by um one of the children going through puberty it tends to be much stronger when it's a woman going through or a girl becoming a woman and going through puberty and this idea that for some reason, and this could totally connect to the idea of a womb and the idea that we literally have the power to 
foster and create life that, you know, a woman's body changing is this seismic event and this kind of huge thing. And so Carrie, I think in that scene, in fact, the lights go like she breaks one of the light bulbs or something because she's flipping out. And then kind of goes home and confronts her mother, like, why wouldn't you tell me about this? I thought I was dying. Like, you know, what the heck? And her mom does that. She kind of talks about her being filthy now because, oh, God, you know, then now you're you're ripe for sex. And, you know, kind of doing that like crazy Bible mom thing. But uh, but yeah, Carrie's telekinesis pretty much kicks in with that event. And everything that then follows and, and, you know, that very famous image of Carrie drenched in blood, um, which is pig's blood. But even still, like it just all kind of ties together this idea of that power coming from that life force. Almost. Well, and the, the pig's blood is dropped on her at the prom, which mm-hmm. is, of course, right. the ultimate coming of age thing for like American right. teenagers. Right. It's the end of your high school. Many people, you know, certainly in previous generations often married the person that they went to the prom with. And so there is that. I also wanted to point out, you know, puberty in the X-Men and in the Marvel Universe, mutants don't um, actually, you know, manifest that most of them manifest their powers during puberty. And I can Mm -hmm. remember, you know, I started reading the X-Men before I, you know, either during very early stages of puberty or before I was going to to puberty. And I remember like being like, wow, I really hope I'm a mutant. And, you know, what what are my powers going to be? And and, you know, so there really was this notion. I mean, again, it's different for boys. But, you know, I, I, you know, I definitely was like, I, I was hoping that, you know, when I went through puberty that I was going to manifest superpowers like the characters in the X-Men and like, you know, to a certain degree, Carrie and, you know, the girls slash women in, in, in the movies that we're talking about. Um, and so that, you know, puberty is still a very, very um, sort of fertile for, you know, no pun intended, you know, um, <laughs> topic for transformation and change mm-hmm. and i mean there's kind of no no way that you can you know really manifest that more than by you know getting superpowers or turning into a wolf or you know so- something like that or turning into you know turning into a werewolf but i definitely think there's really something in here that goes back to primal pre-christian pre mm-hmm. you know pagan you know, beliefs and mythology, you know, connecting puberty to, you know, you know, I think in, in, in Orthodox Jewish religion, in fact, men are not supposed to touch their wives while they're menstruating. That like still goes No, on. that's actually um, in the Old Testament as well. And I know that most Christians don't follow it, but there is a whole thing that you can't sit in the same chair. Right. You're not, yeah, I mean, you, you're this, but but it is very tied to the idea that the woman is unclean. Right. By the way, I want to say it's not Orthodox. I think it's actually, it's Hasidic. It's, it's, it's not, it, or it's ultra Orthodox. I think you, most Orthodox Jewish couples do not, you know, follow right. that, I, you know, but I think even, I think this in certain Muslim, you know, communities, I mean, I do think in these, you know, Christianity, Islam and, and Judaism all stem from, you know, the Old Testament and um, they're exactly the uncleanliness that's associated right. from Which it. Which I think personally is a very knee-jerk reaction to the fact that if you look at most of the pre- Christianity, Judeo-Christian, Muslim religion, um, most of our cults, there were tons of fertility cults. Mm-hmm. 
goddess cults and this idea of women being so powerful, again, tied to the fact that they they make create life, you know, and the fact that that life comes out of a woman and and the power of that, the power of giving birth and and getting pregnant and these, you know, these things being so powerful. And, you know, that's very tied to a lot of the possession movies, which we'll definitely have to do this in a, another episode. But you know, things like not just Rosemary's Baby, but also possession films in the sense that women are vessels that need to be filled. And if they're not filled with a child, then they're ripe to be filled with, you know, some sort of demon. Like, you know, Reagan was going through puberty in The Exorcist. Right. You know, this this idea that they are vessels that need to be filled. And so, again, we'll definitely have to do an entire episode about that. But, you know, a lot of our earliest religious um you know cults were very much surrounded by the idea of of fertility and sex and women yeah i mean priestesses and prostitutes were the same thing at one point certainly in like a lot of the greek temples like uh yeah yeah absolutely um you know i think diana artemis you know greek roman always I, i mix it up but yeah the idea that that sex temples essentially yeah you know, even even getting into things like with Aleister Crowley and the idea of sex magic, the idea that, you know, again, women played such an important part and he was constantly seeking the whore of Babylon right. because he was the great beast, you know, and this idea that that there are the, that women not that, that when they're not just sex objects, that they actually are incredibly powerful. And I think that does translate in a lot of these films. And that power freaks out men. And that power freaks out men, and that. And, and that's I think what... we've definitely seen this this transition from it from it being monstrous bodies and this idea of terror, you know, terrifying things. You know, even a film like The Brood, which I love, this idea that when she finally reveals those sacks of babies, I mean, it's hideous. And that kind of it's starting to turn on its head now, where it's like, no, look at Carrie, or well, maybe not even Carrie, because Carrie's still kind of like you know terrifying. But this idea that women become these powerful awesome things um and that tends to be something that is more translated when a woman is telling that story versus um versus a man but there's also a really fantastic element to the idea of coming to age which is kind of our last film um which is valerie and her week of wonders which is a czech film yes i think it's considered to be sort of the end of the czech new wave which was sort of this you know, period for like 15 years in Czechoslovakia, which had been invaded by the Soviet Union. And they were cracking down on a lot of the filmmakers because like we mentioned earlier with with Canada, like the money to make movies came from the state. And so the state wanted very specific, you know, messages in the movies. And Valerie and her Week of Wonders was, it came from a novel from a, very pro-communist um, Czechoslovakian guy that was written in the 50s. And it really is sort of the very end of the Czech New Wave, which there's a bunch of great films. I mean, I don't know how many are horror films, but like Closely Watched Trains is a really, really wonderful film and worth checking out that I think really influenced a lot of Wes Anderson's view of, of, of things. And... um yeah, Valerie and Her Week of Wonders is 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 a really weird movie and an unbelievably gorgeous movie. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's just it's hard to describe. It's very That's got some Lynchian elements, David Lynch and Absolutely. it's like if David Lynch was going to write a fairy tale. Yes, yeah. I mean, the, the it's very sort of convoluted, but there's a very basic plot where a young girl 
gets her earrings stolen by someone and it kicks off this massive, massive, crazy story that involves vampires and her her grandmother is a vampire and, and life force, but she gets her period very early in the movie and there's a lot of visual stuff. I mean, we've talked about the color red in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was actually in relation to Miss 45, but, you know, it's definitely there. And she's constantly eating these red currants in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it takes place in this 19th century Czech village, but it could be 15th century. It could be 12th century. I mean, these are people who have been living the way they've been living for hundreds of years and like totally um, frozen in time yeah f- totally frozen in time it's very european sort of fairy tale village yes. you know yeah. um and yet it you know it came out in 1970 which is around the time of the wicker man which is uh, mm-hmm. another real favorite of mine i think and it could have been a reaction to maybe the hippie stuff in the 60s but there's a lot of european films that in the 70s began like examining sort of pagan and and fairy tale like mytho- mythological elements and those are really there in Valerie Week of Wonders and and um it is definitely the story of a girl becoming a woman and not just because she has her period um in the in the novel apparently she was 17 and in the book i mean in the movie she's 13 and right. there are actually there are even it's not nudity but there's definitely i mean there's so there's some near nudity that would be pretty shocking today because i don't know how old the actress was but you know she, she i believe was the same age yeah she I was definitely she was, not 18 yeah. she's kissing older men well there she almost gets uh raped by uh like priests yes you know, and and also this idea that now she has become so sexually attractive, and this idea that she's viable now because she is a woman, so to speak. She's a child, and I, I've seen this movie more than once. And the, the main male character in the movie, it's not clear to me if that's her brother or her boyfriend, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. There is definitely like a Jamie Lannister kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, if it's, but you know, or maybe I he is both. I think it's yeah. supposed to, I think in the end he's not supposed to be, but it's very unclear. It's very like, at first you think, oh, it's really cute. They like each other. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? He's her brother. And then he's like, no, I'm really not though. It's, but, but then you're kind of like, I think he is because then they talk about there being two children and they got split up. And so I think he is. You know, and this, but this they one is definitely like this has very there are some gothic elements. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago we did, you know, an episode on southern gothic stuff and we talked about the sins of previous generations mm. and specifically with southern gothic. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the sins of slavery and and, mm-hmm. and and just a lot of the stuff that you know and that's why there are a lot of these generational things that happen in the southern gothic and that's here too because you know her her grandmother is is basically willing to wants to you know suck valerie's blood um to 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 regain her own youth mm-hmm. um you know her grandmother is a vampire and um there's also the movie doesn't uh, you know, there's a lot of authority figures that it sort of turns on its head. I mean, this is again, you're going back to 1970 and the movie does not have a great view of bishops and priests and, you know, sort of 
these higher, you know, you know, members of the clergy who also turn so, out. You know, to be, to be fair, that that could also be tied into communism. Absolutely, though. I think I think so. Yeah. Um, I definitely think so. Um, but there's so much weird imagery in it and that's where the sort of david lynch and the music it has very striking Mm -hmm. this really striking soundtrack and um the movie wasn't available here for a while it did play in europe you know when it came out and the 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 movie didn't uh valerina week of wonders was not around it wasn't available i think it only became available like on you know dvd and blu-ray and all that in in the mid 2000s and it is available in the criterion collection they have a really beautiful you know 35 millimeter print of it and that can be seen on hulu also hulu has an amazing collection of criterion films that you know i feel you can get lost for weeks in there but angela carter yeah. the writer who wrote um among many other things in, in the company of wolves which is one of the sort of more definitive modern retelling of, of of Little Red Riding Hood, which in itself is absolutely a fairy tale coming of age story. I mean, the Red Hood of mm-hmm. Little Red Riding Hood is really many people say represents her vagina, right, right. and the wolf is in fact, or you know, is in fact like her father, and there's all kinds of like sort of you know, notions of her want, you know, her wanting to have sex with her father and things like that. And, um, the Neil Jordan made a movie in, I think 1984, maybe 86 of in the company of wolves, highly recommended as well. But that, that a lot of people have written is, is very, very influenced by Valerie in her week of wonders. And, um, it's just, it's such a unique movie and uh, it captures, you know, again, like we said, that that sort of European fairy tale setting in it. You have all these really, really strange, striking images. Um, you know, there's a scene where there's a bunch of like near naked men like whipping this giant statue with whips and it's and and the, and this fountain and 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 um, there's there's all again, all this gothic stuff. And even the ending. Yeah. I mean, the ending where, you know, she's kind of in the woods and like, you know, they're singing her to bed, but it has this very like Narnia almost where there's all these creatures. They're not creatures, they're people, but it feels like creatures and they're all singing and playing and, you know, eating and, and, you know, there's a white bed right in the middle and she's circling it to get in. And, you know, just that kind of image in and of itself is so um, fairy tale, very, um, you know, just, just weird too. Like very I mean, it's dreamlike. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's where I think the, the Lynch thing is. I think Absolutely. a lot of David Lynch's stuff feels like a dream mm-hmm. and this feels like a dream as well. Um, you know, and so I, 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 I mean, I can't even off the top of my head, but even, you know, there's a, you know, very early on, there's like a vampire who has the face of a polecat, right, right. which I didn't even know what a polecat was, but you know, there's, there are all these creatures. It's really this more primal time. You know, we, we tend to associate sort of European, you know, white European people and, and, and their descendants as being sort of technological, you know, people for lack of a better term but these are people who are still very in touch with nature and all of the sort of magic and mysticism of nature and 
there's a scene where these young girls are bathing and another scene where the young, it might even be the same scene where the girls are like, they're all wearing these white gossamer dresses and they're fishing in the river, but they're fishing with their hands and they're, they're kissing each other and they're, but it's, you know, it sounds almost like I, I, it's hard to describe without sounding like a pedophile because there's imagery in it that's very beautiful, but not in a sexual way. It's like this, in this aesthetic sort of, you know, dreamlike, magical, you know, stuff happens in your dreams that, you know, if it happened in real life, you'd go to jail. It's just your subconscious. And I do think like, you know, Valerie in her week of wonders, it's like, in some ways you can look at it as a vampire movie and you mm-hmm. can look at it as a fairy tale. And yet it's, it, it really has the feel of a dream. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just tying into that idea of, fe- you know, the feminine supernatural, um, you know, all these things kind of surround her and, and are pulling her in and it all kind of, you know, centers again on, on, on that, you know, on, on her becoming a woman. Yeah. The movie that it reminded me the first time I saw Valerie in her week of wonders, the movie that it reminded me of was picnic and hanging rock, which mm, is an Australian film. Movie. It's a unbelievably gorgeous with this amazing Zamfir soundtrack. Uh, mm. Zamfir is one of the uh, premier pan flautists. He plays the <laughs> pan flute. And he's done actually the soundtrack to su- to several movies, including one of my favorites, Quest for Fire. But um, that's actually based on a real story uh, where a girl it's – a, it's a girl's school – and again, the, it's a, a sort of coming of age or, or they go on a trip to this magic rock in, in, in Australia. The, the, the rock has been revered by native peoples. And of course, these are all white European descended girls. And they, you know, go to this rock and they go tramping all over it and they're picnicking. But five of the girls disappear on the rock. And this happened in real this is a real mm-hmm. story where nobody knows what happened to these girls like a bunch, they they went to this and when i say a rock i mean it's like half yeah, the size like of that that giant thing in 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 close encounters i mean it's more than just a rock yeah. but they go for this picnic this school trip and it's all these you know sort of white girls in 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 white dresses and they're they're writing each other love letters mm-hmm. and they're playing with Valentine's each other's Day hair too. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's Valentine's Day as well. Yes, that's where it might be why they're actually writing each other love yeah. letters, but it's not <laughs> sexual again. But Innoc- um, it's innocent, and 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 there is that notion of when the girls losing their innocence when they become women with their periods, and so these the these these girls disappear on the rock, and it's a pretty amazing sequence of the girls wandering around. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they just, several of them are missing. And that, that, that truly did happen historically. Now the movie is, you know, was made, it was made right around the same, same time as Valerie in her week of wonders, but it has that same dreamlike quality. And while I don't remember if, you know, the menstruation plays any role of it, there's definitely a notion that this event you know that changes all of them. We never see the ones who disappear ever again, which well, is sort one of one comes uh, back. Yeah. One comes back, right? Yeah. But she doesn't know what happened. She has no right? idea what happened. Yeah, right. And so there is this idea of you know that 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 you know the, the the transformation from again, and this is a male director, and it's it's based on a book probably written by a man, but 
the you know there is this again this idea that you know when that 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 something is lost when a when a woman goes from being a girl to being a woman in picnic at hanging rock i don't know at at, at valerie i mean valerie is a unique is a unique thing because i don't actually think that 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 she's worse off at the end of the you know she's had this incredible experience like this adventure but I don't I don't actually know that she's she's sort of, you know, she's not in a worse place at the end of Valerie and her week of wonders. I think that it's more she is kind of everything she once knew is now totally different, which is the you know, that's what that happens, is true. Right? That is true. And, and you know, they definitely the, the you know, color plays a really important role in this And her bedroom. You know, you talk about the white stark the white, white bed yeah. in the uh, in the woods, but her bedroom is stark white. Like I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, if you if you walked into her room with, uh, you know, with shoes on, you'd leave footprints. It's just these white wood floors. She has a white bed, the white walls, all the furniture is white. Mm. But there's something very clearly, you know, evoking that virginal, you know, um, and she is attempted to be seduced slash assaulted throughout the movie. Yeah. And I actually – is it, but does anything actually – does she in fact – is she still a virgin at the end of the movie? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that, and, and so – you know, again, the the the, the between the, the menstruation and the loss of virginity, or even just the idea that we that we that we uh, that we phrase it that way, that the idea that virginity is something to be that you lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you like you lose your soul. Like you lose. I don't know. Like you know, it's. It, it's still this very sort of patriarchal, you know, sort of ridiculous notion. And, and, and maybe we, you know, we should, we should, as a society, come up with a different phrase for it, you know, that you've lost your virginity. And so that's something that you've lost and you're never going to be the same again. Right. You've crossed the line. It's, yeah. It's just, it, 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 it is, it is a little ridiculous, but, you know, in a lot of these other movies where this coming of age is a theme, yes, the menstruation is a huge thing, but there's also certainly through horror, you know, losing your virginity or just having sex, you know, the obviously, you know, the promiscuous girl is the one who gets, you know, killed first. And, you know, the girl who doesn't want to have sex is the one who actually survives is a very, very common, you know, trope in, 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 in a lot of these movies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, um, I, I, I think, I mean, we could talk about, there's a lot of other movies in this genre that we could definitely talk about, but, um, yeah, I think Valerie and her week of wonders and ginger snaps really, you know, they're two movies, 30 years apart, very much, you know, focusing on teen girls and, you know, they're girls at the beginning and women at the end mm-hmm. of the movies. And there's a certain amount of loss that comes with that. But uh, I think almost all of the movies that we've talked about tonight are are available on, on Hulu. Yeah. And so if you subscribe to Hulu, you should check those out and uh keep and 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 look for them otherwise yeah and let us know what you think you can find us on twitter at scream bros pod i'm at jamie rigetti um you can find me on twitter you can find chico on twitter yes i'm at the chico leo and uh 
Yeah, let you know. Let let us know. I mean, we uh, you know we I I think we've really Jamie have something going here where we're yeah. you know we we sort of pick a theme and then you know pick pick the movies that sort of you know um, illustrate that theme and. Mm. You know, we've got a list as long as your arm, you know, as uh, uh, about those themes. But um, I'm already looking you know, at my notes. We've got lots of good episodes coming up and, and where no, we do we'll be back. Trust. That's right. That's right. Because, uh, you know, um, I don't know where werewolves have just never sort of reached the, uh, you know, the level that, you know, zombies and vampires have. But um, I think I mean, can we we can mention this now? I think you know, we're, if if it isn't up by the time that you hear this episode, we are going to be launching a Patreon um, to you know sort of support you know support the podcast, but also um, you know we're going to have a lot of extra content that doesn't fit in you know on the biweekly. We're you know we're releasing a new podcast every two weeks, but we're going to try we're going to have a lot more pod uh, a lot more co- content. And a ton of giveaways. And so, um, you know, keep keep your eye out for that. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, definitely, you know, throw throw a few bucks our way every every month. You know, um, we, uh, we 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 definitely want to keep doing this. And depending on how much, you know, support we get, maybe we'll be able to actually, you know, start doing this weekly as opposed to biweekly. Although that's that's a little bit ways away, a ways away. But, um, yeah, and if it's not up by the time you hear this episode, it will be up soon. So, you know, start, uh, start saving your shekels. <laughs> and on that note, uh, thank you guys. We've had another awesome episode of Screen Bros, and we'll be back with more uh, good stuff soon.